Welcome to the A-Dub Club, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, technology, pop culture, the internet, and general nerdery. There are three things that are important to know. One, we occasionally use swear words, but we try to stay in the range of PG-13, or at least the kind of R that cool parents are fine with. Two, we may talk spoilers. In this particular episode, we discuss the Doctor Who episode Blink, the Futurama episode Roswell That Ends Well, the films Looper, Back to the Future, Primer, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and Groundhog Day, the streaming series Future Man, and the 11th hour arc of the podcast cast the adventure zone so be warned and finally three most importantly don't scatter your ashes in the haunted mansion at disneyland they have to close down the ride and clean it up and you'll just get kicked out of the park with all of that out of the way welcome to the clubhouse we have snacks hi i'm andrew whipple that's my name hey i'm alex wade you can tell this is a you can tell us is a science fiction podcast because it sounded like Alex Wade just was taken away to space because oh boy oh boy Skype thank you kindly oh oh good oh good um yeah it's our our lifelong endeavor uh to achieve fame and greatness through podcasts now the most easiest uh you know media form to sell money um, and make power influence. <laughs> Uh, podcasts political strength that's that's how we're gonna do it exactly um, exactly this is the way Parts but now i guess by way of like introduction brief introduction that hopefully we only have to do on this one unless we end up trashing this whole episode and who knows uh but uh this was a youtube thing that we did a while back that uh i believe you were the one that had the idea for it so thank you kindly oh. um and uh then life happened and not living anywhere close to each other happened and then uh we realized hey that makes it bad for video but not that bad for audio because hey you can't tell that we're not in the same room other than by hearing the skype artifacts uh yes this is a nerdy podcast where we talk about literally random nerd stuff um that's about as uh in-depth of a description as we can go right now because you know we're still discovering <laughs> exactly it is, it is a format in 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 flux we will improve as we go on which all the best formats are in my opinion that's true that's true and 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 hey there's something to be said from uh the the, the benefits of obscurity give us permission to experiment without <laughs> annoying anyone like and subscribe share with all your friends and family yep indeed indeed uh but the way we do, the way we structure this, at least how we structure it at the moment, is we always want to start off with a question. We'll use a question to guide us through the world of uh, of, of nerdy, nerdy topics. Um, and this week's question, this week's question that we're going to be using to drive our conversation is thinking about time travel. Is time travel a lazy plot device mm. in the world of science fiction and fantasy? Yeah, and um, the reason I chose this question, I think, is because uh, – well, personally, I have a huge pet peeve of uh, science fiction and time travel. Of a lot of TV shows, do it very, very wrong. And mm. I know it's science fiction, so it's all make believe fantasy bullshit anyway. But true, um, there's still right and wrong ways to do it. Interesting. I think yeah, and I think that gets at sort of a, a, a to 
I guess blow up the entire premise of this whole thing and, and make it pointless anyway. Uh, the if you're asking the question is science is science, time travel a lazy plot device? Obviously, the answer is not a hundred percent yes, a hundred percent no. It's it's a lazy plot device when it's a lazy plot device, and it's not when it's not. Um, yeah, but that still means that it can't be discussed. So okay, I'm curious what uh, what what's an example for you of, of of something that does it wrong? Does time travel wrong? Um. I would say uh, like ninety percent of God bless it, but Doctor Who. Oh, um, okay, <laughs> okay. Where where the crucial point of the show is time travel. Um, yep. But there are many times where um, they just kind of bullshit it, and they just kind of be like, "Ooh, you can time travel and change things this far back, but not." At this point in time, mm-hmm. because time travels a wibbly wobbly, whatever that David Tennant line is, yeah. um, stuff, which is, you know, that's the biggest excuse of saying like, haha, we can do whatever we want with it. And our excuse is that it doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to make sense. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. So that'd be, I think, my first uh, obvious go to of lazy plot device. Yeah, because I think, I think yeah, you can you can get into this place where if you have time travel as a concept, that can turn into a get out of jail free card and destroys anything remotely resembling dramatic tension. If you could always just go back and change anything, whatever. And so, yeah. the natural inclination is to resort to, hey, let's put up rules that basically mean that we can't do this. Um, exactly. And and yeah, Doctor Who in particular is very. Very loose with it's so it's, guilty. Uh, how are we going to stop people from being able to go back in time and 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 change the past? Um, yeah, and and yeah, not and and I think part of it comes from the fact that Doctor Who is a long running show. It's a long running show that uh, switches from creative team to creative team, so the rules don't necessarily um, may stay as constant yeah. as something that was shorter or or um, more centrally located in one brain trust. But even from season to season, though, they made the fifties. Yeah, even from season to season, they'll <laughs> throw out. Uh, I think there was that whole thing in the first season about monsters that attack in time and prevent Rose from being able to save her dad's life, and then they never yeah. show up again. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Um, uh, there's a concept called um, uh, time battles, mm. where basically people go go back in time to gain some perceived advantage uh or actual advantage like in the present day so like if you were in world war ii and you went and uh i mean the obvious thing would be to do like you know kill hitler um or inform the french that the german are i don't know i'm not a history buff so whatever something advantageous right sure um which is in that situation of like of rose uh rose's dad and stuff and such um that's something that is, you know, a ever present threat that is, you know, as you said, never mentioned again. I think that's definitely an element of laziness where you're sort of taking all of the things that time travel can offer you in terms of storytelling potential. Namely, in the case of Doctor Who, the only reason you can have a show that lasts for 50 years without <laughs> being just like a run of the mill soap opera is that they can go to whenever and wherever yeah. as long as about 80% of the whenevers and wherever are various places in modern day London. Um, cause BBC budgets. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting concept of, of it is sometimes a lazy plot device where they like 
deus ex machina stuff away mm-hmm. or you know a, a solution or something but also it's it's not a lazy plot device in the sense of like they do get to to it's it's that that feeling of adventure mm-hmm. that is always there in doctor who if like as you're you're this plain mortal nobody who gets to go anywhere and anytime you you have basically access to a god um yeah which is is you know the first time that happens the first time you go in the TARDIS and you're like oh my god it's bigger on the outside than it is in the inside yeah. like even as the viewer like that was a really cool experience and like just the conceit of being able to step in and step out of this tiny blue box is is uh you know wonderful yeah I don't know what are what are I guess some other good good examples of uh, plot devices utilizing time travel. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to, I think when it comes to almost anything high concept like time travel, um, I definitely gravitate towards stories that use it with some sort of intentionality, where you fundamentally couldn't tell this kind of story or tell it in this kind of way if you didn't have time travel. Mm. Um, and so, to an extent, I think Doctor Who really fits with that. But also, to an extent, I think you could get a lot of mileage out of Doctor Who as being a travel through space show, not necessarily a travel through time show. There are certain yeah. episodes, however, I think that really, really lean into this. Um, and I think even more interesting than the episodes that are the obvious, like, oh, we're going to go back to medieval England. Can't tell that if that's not a time travel story. But meh, I don't know. That's sort of just tourism of a cool new locale yeah i'm thinking more of episodes like blink where the whole central mechanic rests on it's a thriller that is told the 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 mechanic of this thriller is here you have uh this girl who is getting um uh warnings and hints and a mystery that is built from people in her future that went back to her past to lay out all of these hints for her um to solve in her own real time and i think that plays really neatly with the um uh using time travel as the central mechanic to make this whole mystery and this thriller function yeah that's that's yeah definitely that i'm I'm trying to think of like other situations where time travel well i mean this is kind of getting more heady of of or less less specific about time travel more about like science fiction in general of like mm-hmm. my my the reason why science fiction is my favorite um, favorite genre of, of anything is because um, it uses – at its core, it's about human emotion and about human feelings, um, human emotion. And mm. uh, it utilizes these science fiction, uh, I guess, tools to take human emotions and stretch them beyond what is a uh, – a natural thing that you can do. So like, yeah. in, for example, in that episode of blink of it's, it's that's stretching her, her emotions of like trusting this time travel shenanigans, this, this crazy new possible thing that she can have. And then this fear of the unknown of literally being captured by time traveling beings is something that was extended from, you know, just natural human things. Like, yeah, I'm imagining just an episode of, I'm imagining Blink, except instead of using time travel to give her hints, it's just like there's some all-knowing person or someone who's watching her who's like telling her what to do, 
and there are these demons chasing after, and that's yeah. that's still you know like a horror story, but it's not at the same elevated level that adding in this time travel aspect does to it. Yeah, and and I think the the time travel uh, aspect because it sort of cycles in on itself, and I think among the bajillion clever clever things that were happening in the the creation and the writing of that episode one of my favorites is at the very end when it's the choice to have her be the one to give all of the information to the doctor but it's a version of the doctor that is uh hasn't experienced any of this yet that it sort of flips that exact script that you're talking about of trusting of now she becomes the benevolent protector um yeah. That is passing off the information to the all other all-knowing God, um, which which I don't know, uh, then ties in really nicely with her whole thing about like she wants to be special. She doesn't want to be just necessarily an ordinary person working in a uh, working in a shop. Yeah. And she gets to by time travel shenanigans. That's a that's a good show. I know it's a good show. We've come around on Doctor Who. <laughs> we've we've, we've changed our mind. Um, I guess to apply this to other movies. That I have issues with time travel. Absolutely. Um, have you have you seen Looper? Yes, I have. Not for a while, but um, I should have re- I should have rewatched that before this because duh, that's a <laughs> that's a preeminent time travel movie. Whatever. Prep work yeah, is for losers. It's a pretty good movie too. Yeah. Um, Ryan Johnson's it's, dope. It's it's a great action movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a good time travel movie. Yeah. Um, which I think, I mean, this is this is kind of to get into my pet peeves about time travel of like it's. It doesn't do it correctly, mm-hmm. quote unquote, um, because it tries to like intersplice like timelines together, but at the same time, it, it's the movie is confused as to whether or not it's a a single timeline movie or a like uh, multi uh, multi dimensional timeline movie, right? Or multi timelines? Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess should we just like just describe this to the listeners? Uh yeah um so I guess a, a single timeline would be that all time exists within like one continuous line and that anything that happens um cannot really be changed uh so like if you were to go back in time and do something uh then it will always have been done that way it's not that you could change what the actions happen are the perfect Um, example of that um harry potter uh harry potter as one uh even better example that i really like is the episode of futurama where fry goes back in time and becomes his own grandfather oh i have not (laughs) seen that one uh roswell that ends well uh which i guess spoilers because that's the reveal at the very end of the episode (laughs) Um, but uh the the futurama gang go back in time uh end up crash landing back in time at roswell new mexico they are the alien ship that crashes at roswell um, in 1947, I think, um, and hijinks ensue. And among those hijinks include Fry uh, having a bit of an amorous encounter with his own grandmother and <laughs> becoming his own oh, grandfather. Okay. Like Harry Potter, like the single timeline idea yeah. of the implication is that worked because that was always the case, because that happened, because that's always the case, et cetera, et cetera. The grandfather paradox, literally. The grandfather paradox being what happens if you go back in time and kill your own grandpa? You'll never before you were born. You'll never be born, so you weren't able to go back and to grow up to the point where you can go back in time and kill your own grandpa, which means that you are born, which means paradox. Uh, the single timeline solution is you would never be able to kill your own grandpa because we're already in one timeline where you exist, or 
you are your own grandpa, I guess, uh, in the case of Futurama, <laughs> um, then the multiple timeline is once you go back in time and kill your grandpa, that splits the branching possibilities. Then there is the universe where you can existed not having killed your grandpa and the universe that exists where you never existed and they keep branching off um, yeah. like that. So it'll be like you, you probably, you won't be born in this new universe, but like yeah. that won't matter because you came from a different timeline. So it doesn't matter. It, which going back to Looper, it tries to pretend both that it's uh, a single timeline movie and also a um, multi-universe Multi-line, mm-hmm. multi-line, because it does things like so. Uh, spoilers for Looper, but it's I don't. No one knocks. No one cares. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Bruce Willis. Like he goes back in time, um, and he starts talking to himself. But the original Bruce Willis never remembered himself going back in time and talking to himself. So. That's kind of the single time, or that's kind of the multi timeline aspect of it. But the single timeline is like the thing is, is when he starts talking to his younger self, he does start to remember, mm. like in that moment. Okay. Um, which is a trope that I see in science fiction a lot of like, ooh, you like like Marty McFly is he's yeah. starting to fade away, which like is complete bullshit. Yeah, so so that was I was going to bring up back to the future because I think what we have so far, I guess if we're summarizing this this discussion is there's one element of what may or may not make a story a lazy use of time travel because again, we already know the answer is not going to be is time travel lazy? Yes or no, 100%. It's going to be it can yeah. be, it can't be, uh, depending on how it's used. One way to determine if it's lazy or not is how intentional is it to the story? How much is, are you writing a story that requires time travel? Um, the difference between Doctor Who as space time time tourism versus Doctor Who as like, we're going to tell a story that uses time travel to its fullest. Another thing that seems to be coming up is this idea yeah. of like, how much are you logically thinking through the rules of this time travel that you're setting up and um i think back to the future is a really interesting example of like under no circumstances the way that time travel functions in back to the future at all plausible because it's exactly that same thing of sort of mixing single multi-timeline and particularly around this crux of the disappearing photo also no matter what the way that this would manifest is not through a photo slowly fading away the more and more likely it is that you're (laughs) not conceived um however as like a dramatic a, a, a brilliant way to visually represent that the disappearing photo is the, there's a reason why it's so iconic is that like, this is such an yeah. incredible way to visually add stakes to this, uh, action comedy, uh, sci-fi comedy, um, that you have this like three times in the movie, he can check and see it's fading a little bit more. The stakes are ramped up. Um, yeah. and it takes two seconds instead of having like a big, long high flute and something or another. And so back to the future works really, really well, despite having a bit of a nonsensical time travel, um, yeah. set up. I, I think, I think going off of that, um, like logically coherent time travel doesn't necessarily make or break a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when it, when it puts its own stake in it, mm, right. Okay. When it says we're going to, tr- we're going to, put in effort to make this logically coherent that's when like my pet peeve like brain starts itching really hard and it's like 
well, fuck you, man. Got it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It's the difference between like Star Wars doesn't yes. make any sense, but it's not a movie that's trying to be hard sci-fi. Whereas exactly. then if you have like an Alistair Reynolds book that is fudging the rules in ways that are outside like the tone that it's setting up, then that's that is. The precise example, yes. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, I guess it comes down to the idea of of what are the rules it's setting up, and is it following its own rules? Um, yeah. Which, uh, speaking with, I think a perfect example of that um, is a TV show called Future Man, mm-hmm, which everyone mm-hmm. should go watch right now. It's I, an amazing TV show. It's hilarious. Have you seen it? I saw the pilot. I did see the pilot. Yes, I've not watched past. Good, but I have seen the pilot. Did you enjoy it? I did. Um, it. Uh, mm, it's, uh, we'll get to criticism of it later. Sure, 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 sure. I, I sure. totally understand. It's got a lot of problems for sure, but it's fun. Anyway. Which the fun part about it is what I really enjoy. Um, what really sunk in this episode of why I really love the show for me is because of its takes on time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, they are kind of uh, closer to um, Marty McFly. I keep saying Back to the Future yeah. um, in the sense of like – Ooh, they go back and like things are changed all around in their home world or in the their home timeline or something. Yeah. And it's um, I'm also not really sure if they're doing single timeline. I think they're also doing multi timeline. It's a little confusing. Sure, but there's a moment in the show, slight spoilers, but totally worth it. Um, where one of the characters says like all this time travel stuff is complete bullshit anyway. Hmm. So who fucking cares? And that moment was so perfect for me because it it feel it was like okay good we know that you don't care if you're doing it logically and coherently yeah that means I'm not gonna care if you're doing it logically and coherently got it like you set that standard so that's good yeah versus like Doctor Who sometimes where they set a standard way too high that they have broken way too often yeah. it's like come on man. I, I guess if you think about it, it all does kind of come down to this idea of what are you using time travel for? So, yeah. like, if you were making a movie like Primer, my God. my read on that is that part of what Shane Carruth was trying to do with that movie was I'm going to create an insane puzzle and try to solve it and make it work. So, like, he's using time travel both yeah. as, like, a deus ex machina to – or not Deus Ex Machima, uh, what's the other word, MacGuffin, to like mm. it, motivate his protagonists to be ambitious little shits. Uh, yeah. But he also <laughs> is using it as this like mental exercise to try and build out this insane puzzle that you can't even solve by watching it, but has a solution. Um, and in that case, it, it works because that's what he's using it for. In the case of Back to yeah. the Future, what are you using uh, time travel for? It's let's tell a story about a kid who thinks his parents are lame and have him have to interact with his parents on as peers and then grow to have a deeper connection with his parents and time travel is an awesome way to do that. And it doesn't matter uh, if it's not like, that's why what is the most I'm wow. Oh, holy shit. Just realizing it now. That's why the whole thing is like this family photo that's disappearing is like, it's all tying back to the same idea of we're using time travel for family connections, not for sci-fi rigmarole. Huh. Science fiction, man. Science really fiction. makes you really really makes you, you know, makes your heart heart twinge. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> I guess as will probably be the case with all of these things, if we're ever talking about like what makes a good example of XYZ is that like it's a good example if it's using it intentionally and if it's using it like following using it 
following through on that intentionality is like, yeah, time travel is good. If you're using time travel for X, then use it for X and do a good job of that. And then cool. You did a good job. If you're using it for X <laughs> and then do Y, then uh oh, you have just a bad movie because you just made a bad movie that happened to have time yeah. travel. Yeah. But uh, see, that's also the problem with me is like, I love, I love action movies mm-hmm. and uh, science fiction and I will watch any crappy science fiction movie that's um, because it's got like Ender's Game, my favorite book, movie, not good. Yeah. But those science fiction space battle scenes were some of the coolest stuff I had seen. Yeah. Because it was science fiction space porn. Like, I mean, that's fair. I, I, the, the, the number of trashy teen soap opera dramas that I've watched is very high. And it's because just like that's a genre I like even when it's dumb, even when it's bad. I'll still – uh, yeah, I'll still watch it because like it's oh I, the equivalent of cool exploding spaceship for you is like oh they did an episode where the whole drama revolves around everyone having to be at a school dance and like drama <gasps> happens at a school dance and like I eat that shit up I love it I love I I love a central plot point for an episode that is like a school dance is the big important thing it's great <laughs> I'm trying to think of other good instances of like time travel fiction yeah i probably should have, like written a list down for this or something that would have been a, not the worst call I, i've been i'm calling myself out on that as well i did not do that i didn't even rewatch that one episode of futurama that i really like which is my favorite futurama episode by the way roswell that ends well roswell that's, i'm just getting that now <laughs> it's good it's good um one, okay one other that i was thinking of as we were discussing time travel which i'm we may cut this segment out if we decide sure. it's not good or don't go anywhere with it or think it's too spoilery. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on how time travel, such as it is, is used in the 11th hour arc of the Adventure Zone. Oh, shit. Because the 11th hour is my favorite arc of the Adventure Zone, bar none. I love it, love it, yeah. love it. But I haven't really thought too much into does it hold up to this level of is it good – because of its time travel, is it good in spite of its time travel, or some yeah. other combination thereof? I think I think it's I think uh, the logical inconsistency of time travel don't really much apply to that episode. Sure, um, because it is very contained. Um, there, uh, so I mean, this isn't spoiling much. Eleventh um, hour, is, so it's it's a contained universe, right? Of the whole conceit is that it's it's a bubble of time that is set for like an hour of time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that resets every hour to what it was an hour ago. Um, so I don't think it's inconsistent with self logically. Um, yeah. So there's, there's that easy aspect of it. And just the way how it's really done, like of exploring it's, it's a groundhog's day, right? Yeah. Uh, which is the coolest Groundhog's Day. We didn't talk about that. Groundhog's yeah. Day is the coolest time travel conceit, in my opinion, for any time travel period. Yeah. Because you become you become a over over just through brute force, and this is also applying to eleventh hour. Yeah. Just like a god yeah. of the world your immediate world around you of this one day, you control this one day, like you can control it to its entirety mm-hmm. given enough time, which, you know, you will have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> so like if Back to the Future is using time travel to tell a story about a kid connecting with his parents 
and seeing his parents yeah. as real people. And if Primer is building a intricate puzzle box of time travel and um, if Blink is all about like trust and creating this cool thriller, um, yeah. what is uh, – what do you think is the purpose of, of time travel? If completely ignoring the idea of, hey, it's starting out as a RPG game, and obviously part of why Griffin would do it is because it's really cool and it's a cool new way to do gameplay. But like, if we pretend that Adventure Zone was a pre-written story, yeah, um, what would what do you think the purpose of doing this time travel arc at this point in their journey would be? Um. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think it's, it's too, it's, uh, I don't know. What do you think about it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning like a thing, the thing that, a thing that popped up to me as I was pondering it is that previously the, the, the adventures and boys are pretty rampantly destructive as they go through and achieve their admittedly high-minded goals of you know saving the world but we'll kill a lot of people in our way and yeah by one view this is the arc where they killed the most people because they (laughs) kill a lot of people a lot of times but in the actual final run through it's the only one where everyone is saved i think unless i'm thinking through even the worm actually is is okay by the end of it so I don't know what's one potential thought is that like the similar to Groundhog Day where it's like, let's have this perfect day and become the better version of myself through brute force and, and trial and error. Here's a chance for trial and error to like get this one right and save the world, save the world, save everyone. Yeah, definitely. I like that. The thing about, um, I mean, to go back to, to Groundhog's Day, um, yeah. I really, that is is one of my favorite examples of of science fiction because no one thinks of Groundhog's Day as really a science fiction movie. Yeah. Um like that's not the purpose per se or that's not the main focus of the movie um is the fact that there's this cool conceit, right? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, going back to this is the reason why I love science fiction is because that's that's my favorite science fiction movie kind of style is when people don't realize that it's a science fiction movie. Yeah. Um, it's also why I really, I mean, the only really two big examples of I have of that are Groundhog's Day, um, an eternal sunshine of spotless mind. Mm, yeah. Um, although that one is a little bit more, um, sci-fi. Yeah. It sort um, of just heightens your world in an interesting, like has a unique way of heightening your world. And then the movie is about still about yourselves. characters and, and people and, normal stories but with the this as like something to incite to to hate someone so much you would just erase them from your mind completely yeah and then using science fiction to like actually do that um or like to be such a shitty person that you could only ever really become good if you had a hundred thousand days to become Mm -hmm. that person or what if and we then, gathered together six of the greatest, the worst of the worst, and used them to uh, solve all the problems of the government, uh, like the Academy Award winner, Suicide Squad. Best movie of all time. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I can't tell if you're joking. Did it actually get an Academy Award? Yeah, like visual effects or something. Oh, 
or costumes. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe makeup. I don't know. Pretty cool. Those those were pretty good. Yeah, but the greatest thing about it is that now to all of my film school friends uh, and 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 film nerd friends, I can say, "Oh, Academy Award winner Suicide Squad." <laughs> that made That's the mean. fifteen bucks that I had to pay to watch Suicide Squad worth it. Oh God, that was that was a that was a bad movie. But yeah, having time travel in there? No, no time no. travel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I, I, I agree with that, I think. Um, and again, hey, maybe this will be a, a theme for any of these, like, talking about plot devices and, and, and tropes and their merits in storytelling. Uh, it's yeah. intentionality and using it to tell a good story and telling a story that has everything that the story needs and not anything else extraneous and uh, try and get yeah. at some deeper human truth. That's uh, poetry. Science fiction poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess to I want to uh, want to try to conclude out the episode Absolutely. with another question um, of uh, if you could be in one time travel uh, movie piece of fiction, mm. um, what piece of fiction or or well I guess there aren't really any uh, non fictions. Um, yeah. <laughs> what piece of fiction? What would piece it of non fictional time travel material? Yes. Uh, would you most <laughs> like to live in? Um, uh, I would be Albert Einstein. That's what I would do. Yep. I mean, hey, <laughs> not half bad. <laughs> Interesting. Um, maybe it's just because I'm thinking about it. Maybe it's just because it's like one of my favorite stories. Period. And it's also partially because you know what? Despite uh, having to die gruesome deaths a couple thousand times in the end, you make it out pretty okay and everything's good for everyone. I would go with the 11th hour in adventure venture zone. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think I would go with the adventure Zone because at the end of it, they learn and, and learn from all of those lives that they've gone through. Um, like if yeah. you're an NPC in Roswell, not Roswell, um, refuge, then you're just living your life. And it ends pretty badly, but then you start over again, and then it ends pretty badly, and you start over again. And then at the end, you get this beautiful knowledge, and you live in a really beautiful western town, and and just, you know, have a nice, cool life that had this thing happen. I guess similar to Groundhog Day of you. Yeah. I I would, uh, I mean, similar to Groundhog's Day, I would choose Groundhog's Day. <laughs> yeah. Because. Would you, would you be the Phil, or would you be uh Oh, I'd be Phil, Phil. hands down. Yeah, so um, so that, I, that 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 thing. I'm thinking about myself as an NPC in in Adventure Zone. I wouldn't be oh, I wouldn't be one of the boys. But you wouldn't you wouldn't remember it all. You would remember one hour of it. You do at the very end. They go back. Do you and remember they, every single thing? I think so. I think that's the implication. Um, oh snap! That's crazy. In 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 what Griffin was the I, I have to re-listen to Griffin's little epilogue, but I think that they like wow. realized that oh, cool. Um, we went through years Damn. and years and years of this that's that's a harsh life see though versus like groundhog's day i would be phil because yeah. like i i feel like i mean the people always ask me the question like would i be immortal and i'd be like hands down yes sure um the main reason why i would choose to be immortal is because then i could uh go about perfecting um who i am um and i can i can learn the guitar i can um, let's become the best actor. let's wrap this because that could maybe be an Jitter. interesting episode at some point because You're i right. i may or may not have different opinions as to the question of would you be immortal um yes but definitely. sure okay i think that makes sense that like 
yeah, Groundhog's Day, it's it's an example to relatively consequence-free get to Perfect better yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, well, hey, that was that was an episode. That was an episode right yeah. there. Do you remember the uh, you remember the outro? Oh Lord Almighty, I don't. Um, it was like super simple. Uh, there was also, I guess, at some point we'll have actual end matter that once we know what the you know iTunes and five stars and everything that you hear on yep. every other podcast, blueapron.com slash the AW Club. Um, <laughs> that's not real. I, I'm curious. I'm curious what happens if you go to that though. Um, probably just read <laughs> to their homepage. Uh, I use Blue Apron. It's fine. I haven't used it for like six months, but you know it's whatever. Um, uh, give me money and I'll change my mind from it's whatever to enthusiastic. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> enthusiastic uh, endorsement. Oh, you know what we should do? We should have people also send in their questions and then uh, we could use those on here as well as ones that we come up with because it means then we don't have to come up with everything. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Where would you send those? Oh, you could send those in to the AW Club. That is T H E A W C L U B, all one word, at gmail.com. And if it's good, we can use it. And if it's bad, I guess we can make fun of you for it. I think we could uh, we can also steal straight from Mabim uh, Bam of you know say a bad question that we don't answer. That's true. It'll be different, you know. It won't be Yahoo style. But, also, we are going to um, start doing Yahoo answer questions as well as as, <laughs> as one of our recurring segments on on this sci fi and fantasy podcast. Ah, oh, but this was really fun, and uh, I, I I enjoyed doing this, and I think uh, yeah. I, I I I know that. From the inception, we were always thinking about this as like a YouTube-based thing, but I think podcasts sure. podcasts are the future. Podcasts are the way to go. Uh, also, we can actually do them because we don't live in the same city. Um, but no, I think, yeah. I think this this was really fun. Hopefully, this is the this is the first episode. So tell us if this sucks, but also with the acknowledgement that this is the first episode, we know it probably sucks. So be reasonable that, uh, in your critique. The the outro of a uh, eight up club out. Eight up club out. <laughs>